Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. What's your favorite curse word? Well, I, I think we talked about this. Uh, uh, mine, it has to have a lot of consonants. It has to really kick hard. Oh, yeah? That's just a four-letter? No, I like, to, I like to add the mother to the beginning. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You? Straight up F-bomb? I think so. With a lot of angst. A mathematician in England used an algorithm to come up with the perfect new swear word. She took a list of 186. Wow, I didn't know there was that many swear yeah. words. Narrowed it down to 45 of the best ones in her opinion. Wow, those could include, like, gosh, at that point. Yeah, and she's from England where they have, a, you know, in True. every country all over the world, we've got different phrases and yes. words. for. So I'm sure you could rack them up. If you started looking at all of them from around the globe, uh, she used an algorithm to create a new word that is supposed to be the ultimate curse word. The algorithm said the ideal swear word has four letters and starts with a B and ends with an ER. According to the algorithm. ER. Yeah. But th- this it, it's not four letters. It's more. Even though the algorithm says the ideal swear word has four letters. But uh, for whatever reason, she uh, didn't agree with the algorithm and came up with what she believes is the ultimate swear word. And I'm going to say it. Okay. I'm going to say it on the air. Wow. The ultimate swear word, banger. Nice knowing you. Really? B-A-N-G-E-R. No, it doesn't do it for me. Banger. No. Banger, I barely know her. Right. Most people agree it's not very good. You no. Know, even the mathematician admits it's not as satisfying as some of the top deals were. nearly, no. She's still tweaking the algorithm, though, so maybe it'll come up with a better one someday. I disagree with even her logic at the start. Because with an F-bomb, that to start, mm. it's really a good release early. The hard constant early isn't as fun. It is interesting when you look at swear words, and George Carlin, of course, did the ultimate in the seven words you can't say on TV. Yes. Um, but it is in just language in general, how words came to be. Like, who came up with the F-bomb? How was it decided right. that that would be a swear word? And really, it's meant as another word for the act of making love. Obviously, it's it's... It's more aggressive than making love. Right. And when you say that word in those terms to your partner, it's more of a an aggressive moment. Mm. But how did we deem that to be such a horrible word? Because the F-bomb and the C for the ladies seem to be the ones that really right. get us. Yeah. And, and I, like, how was it determined? Uh, I believe... Uh, that it was early man, mm-hmm. and he stubbed his toe. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and they didn't have fudge at that time. Yeah. It's such a great word. It, and, and, and it has been proven that it does uh, relieve stress and pain. As you said, stubbing your toe. It, it, it's a great cure to try to help that, especially when you link it with a lot of other ones. Right. When you throw in a C and an S, see an M I, and an F. I, I I like all of them, but I I do like the more drawn out sound, mm. the f or the yeah, yeah. Like they 
They have, if you're calling someone else a name, that hard start mm-hmm. is is very helpful. Yeah. I would say, I don't think I use it as much as I once did. I, I think it's somewhere along the way I noticed I was saying it way too much. Mm. Like it was showing up three times in a sentence. Gotcha. I think I've I've uh, I've curtailed it a tad. Yeah. But I would say in a day I still probably drop it at least half a dozen times. Yeah. And of all the things that you know people say they couldn't do about our job, mm-hmm. that is the number one that comes up. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. most people just say, I don't know how you do it without swearing. I've always treated this like my grandmother's in the room. Right. Like, I never would have said those words around her, although I, she swore like a sailor. Oh, yeah? Oh, she could drop them with the best of them. I've slipped them. I, I know I've slipped them in conversation. I got caught once with the, the aunt after, you know, great aunt after, a, like, an uncle had passed away. Mm. She was kind of just telling me the story. I hadn't seen her some time. And my, it was just that long, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was out of sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would have been terrible if you called him a pho right. and added an ER on the end. Yeah, I didn't even realize I had done it. Someone told me afterwards, like, you know, you just swore. I'm like, really? Didn't even, yeah. Yeah, we say it sometimes. We don't even notice it. Um, have you heard your kids drop the F-bomb yet? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, I've, I've, and in context. Well, that's not, good at least. Not to me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they know them all, and, and, and you still get people when you're around. They're around. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, no, they know them. It's fine. They know they can't repeat them around me. Yeah, but I've heard them with their buddies, and it really is annoying. <laughs> I I remember laughing because I I heard Daniel say it to uh, David when they were quite young playing video games in the basement, and I just stood there giggling to myself because he used it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I taught him that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I haven't taught him much, but if you're going to swear, use it properly. Anyhow, uh, next time you stub your toe, yell banger and see if it helps. So there's a gentleman uh, named Joe Neiman who, uh, back in 2020, his girlfriend said to him, enough going on about this idea you have and let's just do it. Joe had for years been dreaming about building himself some sort of massive floating houseboat out of shipping containers. Now, he said that uh, growing up, his uh, family, some family member owned a cottage on uh, in Port Severin, and he used to spend his summers up there, and he loved it. He would, he would wanted to. He always dreamed of owning a cottage in the area, could never afford it. So they sold their home in Lake Nipissing, and... Um, Built this thing for $350,000. Okay. What he did was he took two shipping containers, put them together, put them on a big wooden barge, and basically lives on it year-round. He gets a, like a tugboat or something to pull him about here and there when he needs to move, because I guess it doesn't have a motor on oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, and he's got it out, uh, out in the lake uh, around uh, Port Severin. Well... People in Port Severin are not happy. Mm. They think it's an eyesore and it looks terrible. Now, the inside of it looks very nice. Yeah, the outside does look like a gray shipping container. It looks like something I mean, you'd but see. He spent 350 grand on it. It's not like it's, it's just 
bargain basement empty container with a cot. That's right. Yeah, you know when you it's, it's got two it's bathrooms, right? Fully furnished bedrooms. It's got a nice little kitchen in it. It's it's nicely decked out and and all of that. Uh, the design inside is very nice. But uh, people are upset for a couple of reasons. One, they're upset that he's not paying uh, property taxes right. on this thing while they are because they're on the land in their cottage. Mm-hmm. And many feel it's an eyesore. His uh, side of things is that he does dock it in a marina um, at times, and he pays the marina for that. Right. And the marina pays taxes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I guess Doug Ford has been weighing in because there's been so many complaints and also because he's now started up a business where he's building these things and he's selling them for 700 grand. Oh. So I guess he figured he built his for 350. He yeah. He one for somebody else and sell them for 700. And he Finally has got, get one free. Yeah. And he has got orders lining up. Really? Because sure, why not? Right. Yeah. All of a sudden you're on the water <laughs> for $700,000. Not pay, paying property ta- uh, taxes, not upkeep of the the uh, the cottage property itself. Right. And and as I read the article, um, I just thought, yeah, I I could see how people in Port Severn or any cottage country would get their nose at a joint. Oh, for sure. Because there is there are no people who are more uh, territorial than cottagers. And and it's funny, even just north of here, I remember. Uh, a couple of summers ago, we were up driving around Uxbridge, and I think there's a is a lake called Lake Wagner, I believe, up around Uxbridge. Okay. Uh, friends of ours had owned property up there decades ago. We had lost touch with them, and Marie and I decided uh, we were going to go see if we, we would drive around it, find it first of all. Right. Because I didn't remember where the hell it was. Find it, go drive around and see if we could remember what their house looked like. And we couldn't. But what we got was a lot of stares from people who lived there. One, it's a quiet little neighborhood. Yeah. You know, you're not going to see cars coming up and down all that often. I get that. But it is like 4 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Right. Relax. We're not here to rob you. We're just <laughs> driving down your street. There are people who live here. They have friends and family who right. might be coming for a visit. Right. Settle down with the pulling of the weapons. <laughs> Relax, you don't own the road. Hmm. And it's the same with the lake. They don't own the lake. Well, uh, listen, I, I, I can tell you that this idea would certainly ruffle a few feathers because the idea of more and more of them popping up. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this guy says he parks it on Crown Land, mm. like on the shore of Crown Land, and can stay there for 20 days or 21, three weeks, and then and move it around. Yeah. And and that would, I think, annoy a lot of cottage owners, especially like my cottage. We have Crownland right beside it. So if all of a sudden right next to my dock, 30 feet off of it, it comes a, a houseboat. Well, two shipping parked, containers. A shipping container that's parked there. I would be upset. Just, <laughs> just, I, uh, I knew you would. Well, I would, I would contend at your house, yeah. you live on the corner. If some guy worked, or let's say drove a school bus and decided to park that outside your window and leave it there, either you or Maria would eventually say, okay, enough is enough. This is an eyesore. It's so funny you say that. 
because there is a guy who has an old white school bus right. that is literally parked overnight, like six blocks from my house, but I drive by it every morning. <laughs> that annoys me. <laughs> so it's not just me. Right, maybe you got me. Now that I think about it, we maybe are you're so right. protective. I, it's yeah, maybe like you're right. In the boulevard in front of our house, if someone parks there, yeah. we're like, well, why the hell? Why? There's a long street. Why yeah. in front of my house do you park there? Right. So I think we're we're all very uh, protective yeah. of our own little area. And if someone if someone had parked an RV in front of your house mm-hmm. and decided, well, it's just on the street, I can I can sleep here overnight. Yeah. I know you would have an issue with that. I think you got me. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. So you brought up the school bus. I know you're jealous of the cottagers and you just don't <laughs> like people with money and more success than you. That's true as well. Any kind of lifestyle that they enjoy. That's right. But when it happens on your turf, you got me. You'll be upset. Yeah. What did I say? before about working with someone for 10 years and you know him. I know. You know I'm just full of rage and jealousy. <laughs> it's true. Okay, it's true. I admit it. Now, I guess our government's getting involved because Ford has said uh, we're going we're gonna to put a stop to this. You cannot uh, live out on a lake and not pay taxes and, and pull this scam. But this guy says, no, 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 wait a second. This is wa- the waterways are federally regulated, pretty not hard, provincially. Pretty hard to police that. And I mean, there was a time where there were houseboats littering mm-hmm. uh, the, the the Trent Severn waterway. Remember three boys? Uh, yeah, houseboats. you rent them, and it was we did. just a crazy, crazy yeah. time through the locks. And that that's really died down. I think you still can in some scenarios, but I think it's really died down. What was the passion for it? I think the also just the cost of running a business like that and the insurance that's involved. Yeah. Basically, you know, driving a boat, you, you really need to learn all the safety and everything about it. Yeah, the online test isn't quite enough. No. And I remember, now we did this probably late 80s, and I remember they had signs everywhere uh, about, I think we were up in Buckhorn, I think is where we got on ours, and you could park in the in the, in the the locks overnight. Right. We would park in the lock, and I think we had it for two or three nights. We'd park in a lock, and we would party till the sun came Oh, up. yeah. Meanwhile, there's other families. Yeah. We're sleepy, sleeping, which well, is what you're supposed to or do. Or trying to. Or yeah. trying to. And we're just being a-holes. Anyhow, and then the one, like, lock master wouldn't let us go through because we'd made so much noise overnight. Oh, really? So now we're trying to three-point turn a houseboat. <laughs> <laughs> with, with all of about 30 minutes experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I remember uh, as we got to, uh, to the houseboat, the three boys houseboat uh, pickup place, they got signs everywhere about, you know, alcohol uh, prohibited on, on board. And we're just hauling in skids of beer. <laughs> and how, I, you know, I'm sure they got dinged up and beaten and, and I'm oh, sure people goodness. got hurt. And yeah. That's probably why the business uh, sunk, literally. So anyhow, this guy might have a bit of a battle on his hands, but the province might as well. Because like I said, there are people lining up because why not? Spend seven hundred grand, and you got yourself a cottage on the lake. Right. Yeah. Not around the lake. Yeah. You know what? I I I get it from both angles of yeah. it. It's it's if you can get into cottage country, everyone wants a little piece mm-hmm. uh, of relaxation. But the idea of that, and, and it happens with the Airbnbs and the rentals now. Right. right. When, you, when you own a cottage, 
and uh, and and it's you know a little quiet oasis, and you get up there and there's a party going every other weekend with new people. Uh, it it can be incredibly frustrating. Welcome to Rock Mornings. A landlord pulled a real scam on uh, one of his uh, tenants. Guy went to Vancouver for a few months to spend time with family. He's a one-year lease guy. Kept paying the rent even though he wasn't going to be there for a couple of months. And he just locked up and left town. So when he got back, a bunch of his stuff was missing, including his PlayStation, his computer, and a gun. Oh. So he filed a report. Turned out there hadn't been a break-in. His place had been rented out as an Airbnb by his landlord. He told the landlord he'd be out of town, and they realized they could make a couple extra bucks. Holy so they cow. rented the place without telling them. What? Yeah. Oh. Now they're trying to claim they did nothing wrong, and they're refusing to pay for the stuff that got stolen. Offside. Yeah. Just a bit, eh? You mean he did nothing wrong? You can't just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you own the property, but if you've already leased it to someone or rented it, you can't just rent on top of that. Well, this is what we do now. We just do whatever we want. Yeah. For an example of that is this new trend with people working. So uh, what people are doing now, especially if they're still working from home, office workers, um, instead of just doing the nine to five in one solid chunk, now we're breaking it up. So what people will do is they call it the triple peak day because there are three different times when productivity spikes. There used to be just two, 11 a.m. and three. Now there's a third, 10 p.m., so basically, people are using their flex hours to leave work early, beat traffic, or if they're working from home, go pick up their kids. So they're logging back in at home before bed to finish up a project right. to deal with leftover emails. Mm-hmm. Management doesn't love it because it delays everything. If they sent someone an email at 3.30, they might not hear back from them until like 10 o'clock at night. Right. And if they scheduled a meeting at 4, half the staff is already gone. <laughs> Well, that's one of the ways to combat it, is schedule your meetings at 4 o'clock. Yeah, yeah it is, it's, you know, the fallout from COVID, um, it's it's just amazing, just the life lessons we're learning and how long it's taking for everything to get back to normal. Still the cost of everything, inflation, right? Uh, people um, paying, you know, the higher interest rates at the bank, uh, delays when you order stuff because there isn't the inventory. Uh, people still struggling to decide whether they want to go back to the office or not. It's the fallout. I mean, we're heading into, what is it now? When did we officially wrap it up? Are, are we into year two since we wrapped it up, or are we still into year one? Uh, I guess this is year two. Yeah. It's the, been a full year. The, fall, the fallout will last longer than COVID itself did. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, and the, and, and the, and the side effects of it, Yeah, which were... we. We kind of went from me too to me first. Yeah. <laughs> with the Very pandemic so. in so many ways where it's, you know, people are incredibly selfish, mm-hmm. but also incredibly you know, tight with their time. Yeah. And 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 they see work is getting in the way of their time so many times. I think that yeah, COVID I think amped it up and uh, hit the gas pedal on on our uh, approach to life and being selfish and me first. But I think that, that's been a low burn for a long time. I think oh, when, yeah. it, when it comes to, you know, the way we raise children and how they're so pampered and you're perfect and everybody gets a badge, all of that that we've discussed numerous times. But that's all playing out now because there is a generation of kids who came along pre-COVID who very much think, 
I'll do as I wish, mm. and everybody else has to follow. And if you don't like it, too bad. Screw management. Screw people, you know, friends. and fa- I am going to do me first and foremost. Right. I am going to make me happy yeah. at the expense of others. Yeah. It started with the, kind of the bucket listers. Too, where yeah. the people were like, "Oh, I, I gotta, I want to do this." These are the things the prioritizing has been completely different. Yeah, right. Where I want to, I want to travel or do the things that I wanted to do because the second it was taken away, mm-hmm. there was a panic that ensued. Like, oh man, I can't believe even things that you didn't want to do <laughs> before. Right. Well, I wanted to do that. Now you're arguing with yourself. And it's funny that some would think that it's cool to sit there at ten o'clock at night and return emails. But if you received an email from your boss at 10 o'clock at night, you'd be upset. <laughs> right. How dare he send me an email? What does he think? It's 10 o'clock at night. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. It says me, 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 me. hmm So that seems to be the thing. Although, I don't know how you're sitting down and sending emails and doing work stuff at 10 o'clock at night. Aren't you half sideways? First of all, tired. <laughs> Not everyone, Craig. Oh. Is that just me, me, me? Median age now in the world has climbed to 39. Uh, it was 38.9 a year ago. And uh, back in 2000, it was 35. And in the 1980, it was just 30. So we're up at 39. Holy cow, we're almost a decade living longer. Then? Yeah, I guess so. Well, we are all living longer, and we're, uh, many of us are not having the, the amount of children. Gotcha, we right. I mean, there was a time... Way back when, when a family would have eight to ten kids, because the three of them were probably going to kick it. True, right. Uh, and um, birth rates have been falling since 2007, when the uh, recession happened. And, of course, the pandemic didn't help. That's part of it. Also, part of it is we're really just, in, in some cases, selfish with our time, mm-hmm. in the sense that there's like a couple who just say, no, nah, I don't want to have kids. I like my time. I yeah. I. I were I don't there's no legacy factor to it anymore. I don't I don't know that the word is selfish. Right. I, I I mean I understand where you're coming from, but I I think it's just being honest. I think that the many of us uh, had children because we just ex- that was expected of us. Yeah, I, I think the, more the, of us are willing to say no. I don't want them. The pressure to procreate mm. to to keep the planet or the human race ongoing yeah. is off now. Right? Yeah, we actually we need <laughs> less of us. There's others who have taken on that task. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's funny that Elon Musk is one of those guys who who believes firmly that we got to keep making babies, that we need more population. It's one way to get laid. He's a strange duck. (laughs) Yeah. When when you've got as many kids as he does, then yeah. But I, I, of course, uh, you need to say that. You know, and I remember not that long ago, you know, couples were called dinks, right? Double income, no kids, and it was especially for women. It was like really frowned upon. Like why, why would you not want children? Yeah. And it's so ridiculous. It's not a must-have. It's a choice you can make like any other choice in life. You don't have to have them. And uh, I know even with my boys, uh, I mean, unless something changes along the way, and who knows, but I highly doubt we'll ever be grandparents. They really they just don't have any interest in having children. Yeah. Neither of them. And, and at this stage, uh, Daniel and his uh, girlfriend, both of them are on the same page with that as far as I know. David, who's in uh, a relationship, and it's fairly new, uh, who knows where that's going. 
But, uh, yeah, David is very much, I'm not bringing any kids into this world. It's sinking. Well, I mean, listen, they're just into their early 30s at this point. And, right. and that, that, well, not there yet, but yeah, close. that timeline line has changed where it was, well, you better have kids before 25 That's or right. before 30. You know, now you get couples into their 40s mm. who are having their first children. It's, we yeah. talked earlier about couples that were, uh, you know, you might have had a second marriage and then you have another one. And so you're into your 40s or early 50s and you're raising a toddler. Now yeah. there's many couples who are like, yeah, I want to enjoy my 30s. I want to travel now yeah. Yeah. And, and, and do what I want to do. And then around the late 30s, they get that itch to say, okay, well, maybe we do want to start a family. There's also the economy of things, too. I mean, everybody always says, oh, I can't afford a child. But the reality of children is they're not that expensive when they're brand new. Right. They get expensive as the years <laughs> go on. And also, many young people can't afford a home and can barely afford rent. So why are you going to make a baby? you got yeah. nowhere to store it. You know. So, yeah, it's funny. This The one guy I bumped into recently in a pub. Uh, we had gone to high school together, and he now lives out here in the East End. And of course, we were both from the West End. And he's my age, and he uh, he was in this pub with his wife and 11-year-old daughter. He goes, yeah, I got a, a 30-year-old son and this 11-year-old. <laughs> and sometimes the idea of carrying around a newborn mm. is very romantic mm. and, and seems, uh, you know, okay, we know the sleepless nights and the, and, mm. and the caring for them. But then, you know, the idea of chasing after a toddler doesn't enter our mind right. and what that would be like in our late 40s. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I mean, it was tough enough in my 20s. And, you know, and it, it would be interesting to see uh, where people stand if if a couple had differing opinions on that. Like, had you and Adrian gone into marriage and she very much wanted children, but you did not, or the opposite. Right. Or the same for Maria and I. I mean, I don't think we ever really talked in terms of, are we going to have children? I think it was just kind of understood that we'd try. Yeah. It was just... Yeah, I mean, if you're adamant against against having kids, it's probably something that should come up or yeah. would come up before you yeah. go and walk down the aisle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I had a vasectomy at 18. I zero interest. Who likes a Twix bar? I love a Twix bar. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. It used to be my breakfast for quite some time. Coffee and a Twix bar. <laughs> Did you feel like you were getting two bars? Is that why you liked it? I think so. Mm-hmm. Twix is short for twin sticks. Okay. That's how they got their name. Right. You get the two bars there. Uh, the trend of men leaving the bottom button of their suit unbuttoned started in the early 1900s. When King Edward VII of England was too chubby to button the bottom of his jacket, which started a fashion trend. Don't you always feel the need to want to do that bottom button? I always feel like it's, it's, it is an odd thing. I get it now why we do it like right. that. Right. No, I like leaving the, uh, the one undone. I find it interesting, though, every now and then you'll see the dude where those buttons are screaming. Mm, oh, yeah, they're pulling. <laughs> they're, they're pulling. They're stretched. Yeah. Yeah, the suits are very tight. Um... Speaking of men's clothing, men's dress shirts, the buttons are on the right and the holes are on the left. But on women's shirts, it's the opposite. And right. it was to help chambermaids who dressed rich people so they knew which shirts were for which person. Is that right? Yeah. I bet you if a guy took, like I know for me, if I tried on a woman's dress shirt, like say I just got confused and I didn't realize what I was wearing, I think I'd have a... Immediately, you'd feel like something was wrong. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'd have a hard time even buttoning it up. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. 
How frustrating is it, too, when you've gone all the way up a dress shirt and you realize you've missed one? <laughs> Screwed it up. <laughs> to start all over again. A lot of buttons. Yeah. A lot of holes for these buttons. Are you a, when you are dressing yourself in a suit, are you a shirt on first, button up, and then pants? Or are you a pants, then shirt, opening up the pants and tucking in the shirt? Uh, shirt first. Shirt first, pants up. Yes. Shirt first and tie, then pants up? No. Ever go out shirt on, tie, no pants? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Something's missing here. <laughs> Feels breezy. Um, Beverly Hills 90210 was originally supposed to be set in Maryland and be called po, uh, Potom Potomac? Potomac. Potomac. 20854. Really? But executives at Fox decided it should be a place that was more recognizable. Yeah, I would say so. They probably made a good move on that one. Mm. I don't know if anyone desired going to the Potomac rather than Beverly Hills. I just realized, or maybe I noticed it before, why do we, when we say uh, area codes or zip codes in the U.S., why do we uh, say uh, O instead of zero when all the, when it is a number? Like we'll say 90210, we won't say 90210. That just it rings easier. I guess so. Oh, you do it in Canada, too, the 905. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The first athlete ever to get a million-dollar endorsement deal was a bowler. Bowler? A bowler, yeah. Got a champion named Don Carter. The the uh, the fandom for bowling has uh, has waned. He used to be, remember bowling for dollars and yeah. all those shows? Oh, yeah. It was a big deal at one Five point. Five-pin bowling. Kingpin. King. <laughs> <laughs> so good. You knocked something loose there, champ. <laughs> A great movie. Anyhow, uh, this dude, uh, Don Carter, got a million-dollar deal in 1964 to endorse uh, bowling balls. Hmm. Well, there's big, there was big money in it. Yeah. I remember um, we went to Reno once and stayed in the hotel there where they have those, like, bowling championships, like the big kingpin uh, tournaments. Okay, and one was going on when you were I, there? Well, I don't think one was going on, but you just walked in and you saw this thing. You were like, holy crap. It's yeah. a massive facility. Did you stay at Circus Circus in Reno? Uh, I can't remember when we stayed there, but we went there. Yeah, I remember my parents, we had family that lived in California. We did a road trip to Reno. Yeah. And this would have been in the 70s when we went. And this is how, and I'm sure it's changed uh now, but it was so loosey-goosey in California in the 1970s. I remember my aunt and uncle, who were like, they had good jobs. They were, you know, pillars of the community. But they, uh, we were getting up early in the morning, and they were mixing screwdrivers for the drive. <laughs> my uncle's like, well, like making up batches of vodka and orange juice. We did a long drive. My sister and I are bouncing around in the back, and my parents and my aunt and uncle are just getting loaded on the interstate. That was a great hotel at Circus Circus. It was fun because this, I think it was the second floor. They had all the video games for kids. The arcade was above the casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had down. the trapeze acts above yes, you. That's right, the circus. That's right. I don't know if it's the same in Vegas as it was in Reno. No, I don't think so. No. Circus Circus is not a place people... It's not high on the list of people want to stay at I think anymore. I cost my dad more in like change yeah. for the arcade yeah. that he spent in the casino that week. I remember winning a ton of like uh, posters and you got to choose what poster you wanted. Right. So whoever the beautiful women of the day, and I was like 12 or something. <laughs> Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett and Heather Thompson and all these women. And so I, I must have won like a dozen of them. So when I got home, I took over like the whole wall of my bedroom. <laughs> 
I went at myself. <laughs> I was a young man in love. You became a circus in your hotel. <laughs> I was a circus freak. Um, birds don't live in nests. Nests are just where the uh, they keep their eggs. Birds, yeah, that makes sense. Birds sleep in trees. True. Yeah. You ever wonder, like, you see a storm that blows through. You think, how the hell do these birds do it? Yeah. All right. Now I should know. Now I know that they're asleep. I didn't even know birds slept. So now that I know they do, I should get up. Now that we get up so early, and I should squawk at them. <laughs> wake their ass up. <laughs> like they do to me on a Saturday and Sunday morning. The first variation of uh, Cheerios was cinnamon nut Cheerios in 1976. They don't really take. They didn't really take off, but honey nut Cheerios did when they came out three years later. They ever bring the cinnamon ones back? I wonder. I don't know. I do like. Uh, I'm really big onto the cereal again. Love my mini wheats. Okay. On the weekend, I enjoy a bowl. I went through a phase with that Tim Hortons mocha cereal. Yeah. Did you get out of that phase? Uh, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I haven't seen it around very much recently, mm. but. Slow down on the cereal intake. It's good. I got to I got to slow up on my hot sauce and potato chip in Are you still doing still, this? Yeah, now it's on to uh, uh cheese puffs and hot sauce. <laughs> okay, I got to see the doc uh, doc downer in August, so we'll we'll try to put the brakes on that a couple of weeks prior. I'm sure that'll fix everything. <laughs> it right up. Yeah. Um a guy named William Willette invented daylight saving time. His great-great-grandson is Chris Martin from Coldplay. Had a kit called Clocks. Right? I wonder. Maybe it had something to do with it. This is a, a great uh, classic rock story, something I'm sure Jeff Woods would share on Classic Rock Sundays. Leonard Skinner is named after a gym teacher named Leonard Skinner. Mm. Three of the members of the band had him in school and got in trouble with him for having long hair, so they named the band after him as a tongue-in-cheek homage. <laughs> I remember somebody in the band once saying he used to just scream at, about, at them about their hair. You're going nowhere. You're going to end up in jail. Oh, really? Hair. Yeah. And finally, this is great. Uh, uh, this is a good little uh, random fact. Bix ballpoint pens have a hole at the top of the cap. We've all seen that little hole. If a child swallows it, they put that little hole in there. So if the uh, the cap pen top, the, uh, the the cap got stuck in the kid's throat, air could still get through. Right. Yeah. Hope they didn't find that out the hard way. Rock mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.